Welcome, 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 GPC family. COVID then done it to us again. Uh, but God is faithful. And so even though we aren't meeting together, I love that God's word transcends time. It transcends events, situations, and circumstances. So welcome to our online experience. I just want to show some love to that worship team. They did an awesome job. Kudos. And so we need his presence, guys. It's greater than ever right now in what's happening in our world. And so I just want to encourage you to stay in the fight. Keep your hands to the plow. God is faithful. But once again, welcome to our online experience. I'm going to pray and we'll get into God's word. Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for the honor and privilege of being in your presence. I pray that we never take these times for granted. And so, Holy Spirit, I just invite you here. I thank you that you're omnipresent. You're in every living room, dining room, kitchen, bedroom, wherever your people are. I just thank you that your presence is with us. Holy Spirit, I ask you to articulate the Father's heart through my voice to your people. I pray that every ear is open, every heart is open, every mind is open to receive what you have for us. And so I ask you to invade each of our spaces. It is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. What an honor it is once again to be in God's word. Um, this is a message that's been on my heart for a while. I've preached it before, but it's more prevalent now than ever. If I could title this message today, it would be Becoming a Silent Servant. Becoming a Silent Servant. If you know anything about the world, they're loud about everything. There's more selfies taken now than any other time in human history. People love themselves. But the Bible says that we are in the world but not of it. So how do we as believers influence the world through humility, transparency, and authenticity. I believe it's been a silent servant. Uh, let me give you a few people in history who have changed the world, but many don't know of them. Have you guys ever heard of Ermel Ernie phrase? Probably not. He invented the soda can pop tag. Come on. What about Alfred Fielding and Mark Chavanez? While trying to design a plastic wallpaper, by accident, they invented bubble wrap. They realized what they designed, and they packaged that thing as packaged material. To this day, their annual revenue is $8 million. They have 26,300 employees in over 175 countries. Cultural influencers. What about John Walker? Doing experiments, Walker, a chemist, inadvertently created a paste that would burst into flames when scratched against a rough surface. He started selling matches made from cardboard sticks in 1824. Come on, you can't start a fire. Come on, without some matchbox sticks. He created matches. A cultural influence. What about Stephanie Kolick? One of the most notable women inventors, Stephanie is responsible for the invention of the Kevlar vest in 1965. 
These synthetic fibers were, are used in bulletproof vests. Kevlar is said to be five times stronger than steel. Who are all these people? You don't see major movies, books, documentaries, history lessons are taught in school about these people. But guess what? They influenced culture silently. All the things I just named, we use to this day. But we don't talk about them. They're not honored. They're not heralded. No. They influenced silently. Well, there are silent influencers or what I call silent um, servants all through the scriptures. Let me give you a couple of those as examples. Genesis 22.3, the Bible says that Abraham took two young men with him when he was about to sacrifice Isaac. We don't know their names. We don't know where they're from. But guess what? They participated in an event that will release God to release his only son. Two silent servants. Genesis 24.1. The silent servant was sent to find Isaac a bride. We don't know who he was. We don't know his name. But because of this silent servant, he helped Isaac continue the lineage of our inheritance. Genesis 26.19. Isaac's servant dug wells and found water. We don't know who this guy is. We don't know her name, if it's a woman, if it's a guy. But guess what? They brought life from digging water from a well. Exodus 2.5, what about the daughter of Pharaoh? Thank God she was compassionate when she saw that little Hebrew baby. We are never told her name, but guess what? She helped preserve the deliverer of Israel. So we see all through the Bible these silent servants. What about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? We know he was a silent servant. We see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, it says this, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus left eternity, all of his glory, the right hand of the Father, part of the Trinity himself, and he humbled himself. He became less than so that we can be like him. He was a silent servant. Well, I want to talk about somebody specifically in the Bible who was one of the greatest influences in the early church. He doesn't have a book in the Bible. He's not preached about often. As a matter of fact, me researching him, I was like, they, we slipping on this dude. If it had not been for him, as we will see, I'm not sure how the apostle Paul would have made it. But there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, before I get here. It says this, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The writer of Hebrews tells us to look to men that we can imitate. Well, the man I'm talking about that I want to encourage us to imitate, to become silent servants, not putting ourselves out front, not always wanting to be in the front, not always on the selfie scene, but silently influencing the world is my man, Tychicus. Now, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I knew Tyrone. Come on, somebody. Now, his Greek name is Tychicus. 
but I'm from the hood, so I got to go with Tychicus. So we're going to talk about my man Tychicus, and it's amazing how many books of the Bible he's in. Acts chapter 20, verse 4 said this, And Sopater of Berea accompanied him in Asia, also Aristarchus and Syncetus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Debris and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. Tychicus is in the same home group, come on somebody, as Timothy. What about this text in Colossians? Paul is talking about Tychicus. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, would tell you all the news about me. So Paul is in prison, and he sends Tychicus to tell the church at Colossae. He didn't send no other disciple. He trusted this brother. He said, I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. What about 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12? Antiochus I have sent to Ephesus. He was trusted to take the word to Ephesus. Silent servant. Oh, I got another verse. Come on, somebody. Titus chapter 3, verse 12 says this. When I send Artemis to you or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. My man, there's no book of Tychicus. Come on. There's no side letters. We don't know much about him in history. But as we can see in these letters, he was a huge part of the birthing of the early churches. Tychicus didn't want to be out front. He didn't want to be the man. He didn't care about how many likes he got. He didn't care about how many views he got. He didn't care about how many retweets he had. He wanted to humble himself and serve the church in whatever way possible. What about you and I? Why is it that we have promoted and lifted up this title of celebrity pastors? Are you kidding me? There are no celebrities in heaven. Guess what? There are only faithful servants in heaven. So come on, church. We got to get better at influencing the world and not trying to be like them. Let them be out front. Let them have the stage. Why? Because we're called to be salt and light. Now, how many of you guys know if you put too much salt on your food, it ain't going to taste good? Stop trying to be so much. Just be who God called you to be in the way he designed you to be it. And I believe for us as a church, that's us being silent servants. So how do we become silent servants? I got four characteristics that the Apostle Paul himself described about Tychicus. Now, remember, the Bible says to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we're going to take a couple principles from my man Tychicus that Paul wrote and how he described this faithful brother. Colossians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. I read it before. Catch this. He says, Tychicus, a beloved brother. Number two, faithful minister. Number three, a fellow servant. He said, in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances. And number four, number four, comfort your hearts. So Paul gave us the ingredients of what it looked like to influence the world silently. Beloved brother, faithful minister, fellow servant, and comforting the hearts of the church. So number one, a beloved brother. And that word beloved there in the Greek means to esteem, 
to dear, to be dearest to, or a favorite or worthy of love. Now, if you read any of Paul's letters, he uses this word all the time, right? This was a common expression among the early church. They genuinely cared and loved one another. Could you imagine how fast we can win the world if they just see us love one another? There's more gossip in the church now than any other time. Backstabbing, envy, jealousy. These spirits are running rampant in our church. But guess what? Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. So guess what? He about to do some cleansing. But in the early church, the Bible says they loved one another. Right. This was common in the early church. This was especially a common trait for the Apostle Paul. This was a common admonishment all through the letters of Paul. Uh, you don't believe me? Romans 16, 8. Greet Apollos, my beloved in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Therefore, my beloved, free idolatry. Philippians 4, 1. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Come on, somebody. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved physician. Do you see this? Do you see how Paul always esteemed others above himself? What about you and I? We need to come alongside our brothers and sisters and esteem them and honor them. Not allow a spirit of jealousy or envy or hate to enter our hearts. Listen, God has uniquely gifted you in the body. You got to discover what it is. If you call to be an usher, you usher in excellence. If you call to hold the door, you hold the door in excellence. If you call to serve in the children's area, you do it with passion and excellence. That is your gift in part of the body. If you call to worship, if you call to teach or preach, all these things God has strategically put people in these places. Why? He wants us to be him to this world. And so we got to esteem one another. The Bible says that Paul wrote and said Tychicus was beloved. In other words, Tychicus lived this admonishment to other brothers. What about you and I? Right? We even see in 1 John. John used this term, beloved, if God so loved us, we also, come on, all to love one another. We see James use this term in the early church. 116, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. We see Luke use this term. Remember when Jesus was baptized, he came up, and the Bible says Jesus, after being baptized, right, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Even God himself esteemed his son. Last but not least, even Jude, the writer of Jude, used this term. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's Jude 120. So we see the birth of the early church, all the early apostles, leaders, and influencers. What? Esteemed one another. Guess what? You're my beloved. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Many of you, I've seen your faces. Some of you watching this, I've never met in my life. But guess what? I honor you. I esteem you. Every gift, every talent that God has placed in you, I honor that gift. You know what? I support that gift. I encourage that gift. Why? We need you. 
We don't realize how much we need our pinky toe until we stub it. That little thing just sitting there hanging out. We don't pay much attention to it. Some of the ladies do because they paint it. You feel me? But other than that, we don't pay attention to the pinky toe. But let us stub it on the corner of that cabinet. I mean, you got to know, hey, it affects our whole body. So whether you're a finger in the body, a pinky toe, come on, somebody, an eye, an ear, whatever part you play, we need to admonish and esteem one another. This was a common trait for my man Tychicus. Paul said he was a beloved brethren. Number two, what's the next characteristic of becoming a silent influencer or a silent servant? Paul said he was a faithful minister. That word faithful in the Greek is pistons. It means faithful, trustworthy, reliable, dependable, true, and unfailing. Now, y'all don't recognize in the early church, there were some bogus people just like today. If you read Paul's letters, he says, excommunicate this person, keep this person out, don't trust them. So when Paul can come across somebody faithful, yo, we all in. What about you and I? Are we faithful ministers? That word minister means servant. Are we faithfully serving? This was common for true influence. What does the Bible has to say? What does it say about faithfulness? David wrote in Psalm 31, 23, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints. Catch this. For the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Are you hearing me? The Bible just says that God preserves the faithful. He preserves those who are faithful. He keeps those who are faithful. He honors those who are faithful. But what's the antithesis of being faithful? What's the next part of the verse? He repays the proud person. See, you can't be proud. You can't walk in proud and be faithful. Because faithful people are servant people. Proud people are selfish people. My God, that'll preach itself. Psalm 101 verse 6. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. God's eyes are on the faithful. We got a desire to be faithful to the things of the Lord. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. He's looking for faithful men and women who's going to keep their hands to the plow, no matter what's in front of the plow, rocks or stubble or weeds, situations, circumstances, you got to keep your hands to the plow. Faithfulness is a requirement for the disciple. Faithfulness is a requirement for the follower. Now, if you want to be flaky, you want to be like the world, you will never be able to commit to the kingdom because God's looking for faithfulness. He says, my eyes shall be on the faithful on the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way, he shall serve me. You want to walk blameless, you got to commit to faithfulness. That's how we serve our living God. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Where are the faithful? We got so many fickle people in this world. One bad situation happened. One circumstance happened. They bow out. This walk is not easy. And for those who might be young believers or new in the faith and someone told you this was going to be a walk in the park, I'm sorry they lied to you. 
the toughest battles you are facing is because you've been marked. You've been bought with the price. So there's an enemy coming after you. So it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Why? We have a God who promised us that he will never leave us or never, ever forsake us. So you remain faithful. You stay faithful. Stay faithful to God's house. Stay faithful in the relationships that you have. Stay faithful in your giving. Stay faithful in your commitments. You need to keep your word. You represent a God who never breaks his word. So stay faithful. Come on, somebody. What about in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25? The whole premise of the parable is faithfulness. Look at verse 23. It says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will. Look at the neighbor. Look at the person next to you in your kitchen, your bedroom, your dining room. Say, I will. He says, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hold on. I don't think we caught that. Jesus is saying for the faithful person, I'm going to double what you have. Not only that, I will make you a ruler over many things. Not only that, he says, enter into the joy. So you mean to tell me the entrance to the joy of the Lord is faithfulness? Come on. We enter his joy by being Faithful. God is looking for faithful men and women, and everything in this world is trying to stop us from being faithful. But we cannot bend. We cannot bow. We cannot throw in the towel. We must stay the course. Faithfulness. Jesus is looking for faithful men, but he's also looking for faithful men. I don't think y'all heard me. God's looking for faithful men, but he's looking for faithful men. He's looking for people who are full of faith. Because if you're going to walk faithful with God, you got to do it by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not about what you're going through. It's about who you're going to. We're going to see our king. So we got to remain faithful. It's not about what we're going through. It's not about who said what, who posted what, who retweeted what, who's the president, governor, mayor. It's about our king. We're faithful to him, not to them. My God, I'm preaching myself happy. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says this. Catch this. This is, this is Jesus talking to the persecuted church. This is Jesus' words. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death. Did you hear Jesus? He said, be faithful unto death. If you remain faithful, just like in the parable, Jesus said there was a reward for faithfulness in this life. Guess what? You remain faithful. Jesus said, I will give you the crown of life. Let me tell you, Queen Elizabeth can't touch this crown. 
the queen of duchess or whatever other country still got queens, cannot touch an eternal crown. See, those crowns will perish one day. They try and keep them sealed in a nice little bubble of glass in a vault 50 feet underground, and they've been in there for 600 years, and guess what? It's going to pass away. But the crown of life will never pass away, but it's only to the faithful. You want to be a silent servant? You want to be a silent influencer? You got to remain faithful, trustworthy. This is what Paul said about Tychicus. Number three, Paul said that Tychicus was a fellow servant in the Lord. Fellow servant in the Lord. That word there means one who serves the same master with another person. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Paul said, Tychicus and myself was faithfully serving the same master. You can't serve money in God. You can't serve your merits in God. God does not want to be number one on a list of ten. He wants to be number one on a list of one. Who is your master? More importantly, what is your master? I know who you serve by what you commit to. You spend 10, 12, 14 hours a week or a day at work and you won't show up on a Sunday? Who is your master? You've given all that you are to someone instead of the right one. Who is your master? Paul said he was a fellow servant. We serve the same master. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 and 4 says this. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each one of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. What was Paul saying here? We got to be like-minded. We got to have the same love. We got to be a one of court. Why? We serve the same master. We're fellow servants in the Lord. So, guys, we got to do better. We're serving the same Jesus. If we're serving the same masters, guess what? He has the same standards. So you don't get to say, I get to do it my way. I get to live my way. No, we do it our master's way. If the master give a command, we follow the command. There are no questions about serving Jesus. It's complete abandonment in serving our king. Paul said he was a fellow servant. He labored with me. He served with me. He was there with me. Can we say that about our brothers? We finished up James 5 in our men's study last night. And we got to talking about the importance of staying the course, the importance of being in community, the importance of walking together. Guys, we as a church, we got to do better. We should be checking in when we don't, we don't see that person that's been here three Sundays in a row and two Sundays has gone by and we haven't heard from them. Are we checking in with our brothers and sisters? Are we inviting them to stay the course with the master? Are we challenging them not to give in, to throw on a towel, not to quit? Come on, y'all. We fellow servants. We're serving the same masters. Isn't that what Jesus did? Even though Peter betrayed him, which I believe is worse, 
I mean, I'm sorry, Peter denied him. I believe that's worse than betrayal. Judas betrayed him, but Peter denied him. The Bible says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. But yet Jesus putting Peter back on mission, serving the same father, restored him to the ministry. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my lamb. What was Jesus doing? He was restoring him. Why? They were fellow servants together. We got to do better, guys. Paul said, Tychicus is a fellow minister. He don't mean preacher. He means servant. We're all ministers of the gospel. Come on, somebody. Last but not least, number four. Number four, becoming a silent influencer, a silent servant. Paul said, Tychicus will comfort you in your circumstances. Are we comforters? Come on, somebody. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four says this. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. Did you hear me? He is the God of all comfort who comforts us. That's our God. He says he comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Where's God comfort us, we comfort one another. That's exactly what Paul said Tychicus did to the church. He comforted them in their persecution, in their trials, in their tribulations. That should be us. Let me finish the verse. He says that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Did you see that? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I want you to meditate on that this week. As the God of all comforts comfort us, we then in turn comfort our brother, and then God comforts us again. But we got to look out for one another, y'all. We got to do better in comforting. People are going through some stuff. Where are we? Are we sending a text? Are we shooting an email? Even a stupid Facebook post. Do something. How are you doing? How is the family? Man, my wife and I, I don't even know if I should say it, but so what? Who cares? We, we're hosting a family. So we're leaving our house, and we're going to give it to a family for a couple days for Thanksgiving. They don't have anywhere to go. Their son is at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And they need comforting right now. He lost his wife. He lost another child, and he has another child at Cincinnati Children's. They need to be comforted. I'm not that comfortable in my house that I'm not willing to give it up to be a comfort to someone else. It's his anyway. Who cares? Why don't you do something to make you uncomfortable so that someone else can be comforted? Come on, somebody. How about you not get yourself a Christmas gift this year and go find a kid who needs some shoes? Comfort him this winter. I might just make all my kids give up their Christmas gifts this year. Come on, somebody. Y'all need to sow that stuff. Y'all super blessed. How about we take every gift we're going to buy you and go take it downtown to some kids who need it? Y'all about to pray for me. It's going to be a long Christmas. Come on, somebody. 
Isaiah 40, chapter 1. God says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says God. That was a command to comfort. What about Romans 15, 4? For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Silent servants brings other comfort by and through the scriptures. How about you just text someone a scripture this week? How about you post a scripture instead of a selfie this week? How about you post about somebody else instead of yourself this week? Come on. Paul said, we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Your comfort, our comfort, brings hope to others. So where are you this morning? Do you want to determine in your heart that you're going to be a silent servant? Can we imitate those men like a Tychicus and Paul that we may add value to one another? Here it is again. Four points to becoming a silent servant, a generational influencer. We ought to be the beloved brethren, faithful ministers, fellow servants, and we need to comfort the hearts of others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I'm so blessed to read the stories and lives of men and women who influence the world. Many of them don't have books written about them. They're not talked about in church history. They don't have documentaries made, but they influenced the church. They were silent. They don't want to be out front. May that be us, Lord. May we humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you may be exalted. Help us, Father, to be influencers. Even though we're in the world, Lord, help us not to be of the world. Be with my brothers and sisters, everyone watching this or hearing this recording. Lord God, may they seek your face. May they draw near to you that you may be glorified. I thank you that you're the God of all comfort, whatever anyone is facing, whether it be marriage, spiritual, financial, relational, at work, children, whatever it may be, will you be the God of comfort to them? I pray that you step right into their situation. Change them, Father. As we draw close to you, thank you for the promise that you will draw close to us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you.